Yes, team, how are we? Welcome back to another episode of the High Performance Coach Podcast. I hope all is well in your world. And if you haven't done so already, then I highly recommend that you go back and you listen to last week's episode where I talked about how you can build an industry-leading coaching program. What are the key fundamentals and principles you now need to have in place? Because I know that that's going to be a great foundation from which uh, today's episode is going to be built upon. Today, I'm joined by the incredible uh, Melissa Hayward, who is one of our phenomenal Phenomenal coaches inside the high performance coach. She's been on her own, her own incredible journey, has a phenomenal story, and has been a huge kind of lighthouse north star, is an incredible leader and somebody that we have an enormous amount of respect and also love for. So wanted to be able to bring her onto the podcast and give her the platform to be able to share some insights, some snapshots, her story, and uh, also hopefully present and provide some lessons as well, which is going to be absolutely incredible. So, Mel, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. I just want to apologise in advance if anyone hears my three-year-old screaming downstairs throughout this. Hopefully he's being kept entertained. But no, that is just uh, that is just what my life is like sometimes. But yes, I am good. I'm good. Thank you. Good, good, good. Absolutely amazing. So let's take a deep dive. Let's go upstream. What is it that we now need to know about kind of Mel and her story to now be able to understand like why you do what you do today? Take Take me back. Way back. Um, so my, I suppose like my career and my journey as an adult began when I was 18 years old and I joined the military. I had always wanted to be in the army. I, I have no idea where it sort of came from, but my dad always tells people this story that when I was five, I was watching the Edinburgh Tattoo or, or something along those lines on the TV. And I said to my dad, I want to be a soldier. And he said, you're not old enough just yet. And apparently I threw an absolute bitch fit and I was screaming on the floor saying, I want to be a soldier. And just for as long as I can remember, a career within the army was something that I wanted to do. When I was at school, it was always like, right, when I'm 16, I'm going to join the army. Um, my parents didn't let me join at 16. They said, you can join at 18 because obviously you need parental permission at 16. So I had to wait until I was 18. But that was just always in my head. And, you know, throughout all of my teens, it was always about, getting fit because I wanted to join the army I was always you know I went to the gym when I was like 14 15 with my dad and started trying to learn how to do pull-ups and stuff like that so I was always that was always going to be my career no matter what there was never anything else that sort of entered my brain so uh 18 I joined the army and I had you know a an amazing career I served with two different infantry battalions we went to Iraq um you know we had our battalion go to Afghan and, and I absolutely loved it I really loved my time in the army but when I was sort of, I remember it, I specifically remember the moment I was in Canada on exercise and just before we were about to deploy um, out onto the plane for like four weeks, just living in holes and stuff. I remember buying Muscle and Fitness um, hers and Muscle RX, the female version. And inside the magazine, there were people like um, Nicole Wilkins, who was Miss Figure Olympia and uh, Amanda Latona, who was a Bikini Olympia. And I just thought, wow. Like I was fit because I was in the military, you know, but this was like a whole different level of, of aesthetics. They just, they looked so fit, so healthy, like shoulders and they weight trained and being in the army, we did a lot of, you know, circuits and runs and stuff, but we didn't weight train. Anyway, as soon as I got back from Canada off, you know, those four weeks of that exercise, I hit the gym. I used a sample like training plan and I was like, this is it. This is my passion. And I just, everything just sort of flew from there. Really. I started getting into competing um, I competed in the IFBB. I won my um, earned my IFBB Pro card. Stepped up to figure. Competed in in the US. Like placed, and I just had this amazing career. 
competing um, and that is when I knew that that's where my passions were you know and I would always get people messaging on Instagram saying are you a coach can you train me obviously I was in the military at the time and we were not allowed second jobs and stuff and I was like oh you know no because I'm still in the army but then I, I knew that that's then I wanted my that was my passion I wanted to have a new career so after nine years in the military I took that leap of faith which was huge because in the army you're quite safe like you have your set job you have your army pension and you you know all of this like safety net and this bubble leaving to become an online coach in 2015 was a huge leap of faith because online coaching wasn't really so much of a thing back then um as you will know and I just had to go for it because I just thought if I don't do it now I'm never going to do it this is where my passion lies I know I can help people so I left my my stable career started to become an online coach um was still competing at the time I was working with Jamie Alderton um and we worked together in the Grenade Fit Gym and I was sponsored by Grenade and my whole career niche all of the ladies I worked with were ladies in their early 20s competitors you know I'd be going here there and everywhere doing shows with with my clients and stuff um but then back in 2018 I decided I'm done I uh, hung up my sparkly heels and I thought, shit, I'm not getting any younger. You know, I'm in my 30s now. I do want to start a family. So I had to make that decision that competing now has to stop. I need to get my hormones back in check. I need to get my body sorted and I want to start a family. And um, luckily and, and very thankfully, we did sort of fall pregnant. And then the next phase of my my life and my journey started and I became a mum um right before lockdown so that was that was great fun um and my life has pretty much been a whirlwind since like my whole niche and everybody that I work with and my whole business just my whole identity everything has taken a massive flip and change since that moment I mean obviously now I don't work with competitors now I don't work with ladies in their 20s I now have this really amazing niche of ladies that I work with that are mums that struggle with finding their own identity after that identity loss, that struggle with the juggle of life and responsibilities, but still want to do things for themselves. And that's very much where I was when I first became a mum. It, it affected me a lot more than I imagined it would. And I love to help them juggle everything so that they still have that time for themselves and so over the last sort of I would say only really over the last 12 months I've solidified that I was still very much in a place of not quite knowing where I fit and still clinging on to my old identity just as you know I wasn't I didn't want to let it go but actually stepping into who I am now has been the best thing ever for my for me personally and also for my business as well I absolutely love that take me back to the military what would you say have been some of the biggest kind of like lessons or what are the things that really kind of stand out for you the most that you kind of almost still carry forward with you now that were kind of like ingrained and up like behaviors disciplines or like leadership lessons that you now took that you think have shaped and molded so much of like you and now why you do what you do I think the biggest lesson I learned from the military is just to know that shit times don't last <laughs> because I was just in so many situations that were really, really crap. You know, Iraq was not the best time of my life ever. And even, you know, being in a hole, I just remember being in Canada. It was absolutely fucking freezing, excuse my French. And <laughs> and I just remember lying there in this hole that was frozen, 
thinking and I had a big Fijian lad Bali like right next to me and I was just like huddled up to him just trying to like share human bodily warmth and I was like this is shit this is really crap like what am I doing why am I here and I remember contemplating my whole army career what I was doing but you laugh about those times now because it was really really shit but you look you look back and you think oh my god but I think the biggest thing I learned from my military career is just knowing that rubbish times don't last and you just have to persevere through them because they that's not going to be your life that's I wasn't going to be in a hole in Canada for the whole of my life I just had to get through that exercise and and then we were going to be back in the warmth a few weeks later you know so it's it's just that enduring hard times because you know they're not going to last I think that was the biggest lesson that I took from my military career and just knowing that if you do continue to work hard whatever it is that you want you're going to get I mean I failed my army entrance tests twice I couldn't oh, I was so rubbish at running yeah I really tried God loves a trier but I couldn't pass my mile and a half test so I failed that the first time and then the second time I failed um like a jerry can grip test but I was like right I'm still going to keep going because I really really want this and so then the third time I passed all of my entrance tests and in basic training you know it's like it's rubbish when you're getting shot with at people when you're having to run around in all of your respirator kit and you literally feel like you're going to throw up um but it doesn't last and the good times are at the end you just need to keep going that's the biggest thing I took from that yeah I absolutely love that and I heard on a podcast the other day somebody say that like if you have big goals going through like hard and challenging times is like a prerequisite of success and it's like easy yeah. easy times don't make kind of hard people and it seems as though like the journey that you've now been on and the evolution and also the identity shifts that you've now been through like will have obviously now led to almost like a shedding of a skin and also now being able to be okay with like letting go and having the confidence and the trust in yourself to then be able to almost like step into that kind of like new domain and that new door. So give me a little bit more in terms of like the identity shifts that you've now been through, which one do you think was probably the hardest or most challenging that you faced? Was it the military to the bodybuilding? Was the bodybuilding then obviously into uh, the the kind of the, the coaching of the bodybuilders or now actually then becoming a mom? Which one do you think stands out and or was kind of the hardest for you? I would definitely say leaving my bodybuilder identity behind and stepping into my new role of being a mum and letting go of something that had just been such a well, competing was the biggest part of my life for nine years. Um, if I wasn't if I wasn't getting ready for a show in terms of the the prep to lean down to get on stage, I was getting ready for it by building muscle. So I would have like on season, you know, my on season and off season, and it was who I was on social media. You know, I was Melissa Hayward IFBB Pro. That was my name on there. And it was it was who I was. That that was it. Like I was a, a competitor and my whole life revolved around it. And then, and, and it had done for so, so long. And my whole, even my whole like routine, like my, going to the gym all the time, like everything, be, living out of Tupperware boxes. My whole life was that. And then obviously I decided to give it all up and then becoming this, this new person that, didn't have the same structure, didn't have the same routine, didn't really, it sounds awful, but I didn't really have any goals because like, you know, I got pregnant and my goal was, I had a high risk pregnancy. So my goal was to get through that pregnancy safely. And then obviously I had, I had my little boy and you can't plan around newborns. You got, you can't have a structure. You can try as much as you want, but <laughs> maybe some babies are easier than others. But I, it was just shedding that, that, part of me that I loved I loved the fact that I was disciplined I loved the fact that 
you know, I had I had got to pro status and it had took me a long time to get to that point. And it was something I felt incredibly proud of. And then all of a sudden I was just Melissa Hayward, not IFBB Pro anymore, something that I had really, you know, loved so much. That was the hardest part because I almost I, I was clinging on to it because I still wanted to be that person, but I couldn't. So I had those like conflicts within myself that I wanted to be that person. I couldn't. That wasn't who it was anymore. I probably wasn't going to ever go back to it. And so it was like, who am I? What do I do? Am I even relevant on social media anymore? Do people even are people even interested in what I have to say now that I'm not a pro? And it was just a really strange time to go through and a lot of confusion, a lot of pressure, a lot of sleep deprivation um, and just figuring out who I was away from competing, who because that's not that wasn't everything about me, but it had become everything about me, if that makes sense. So I had to figure out who I was away from that now. Yeah, I can I can appreciate and relate to that so much. I remember when I competed and or just really kind of became known as like the physique guy initially. It's almost like your whole self-worth mm. identity has been wrapped up in almost like the way in which you now look. And I'll speak for myself, but I was then validated by others, by people telling me how good I looked. And then if people weren't doing that and or I wasn't then quote unquote like in, in season and in shape, it was almost then, well, again, like my self-worth was then massively um, impacted because ultimately I felt as though that I was validated by those comments, compliments, et cetera. And I was constantly almost then on this like hamster wheel um, all the time. And then that obviously led to basically, yeah, me feeling so lost, empty, and also losing myself because I was like, I felt as though the only thing that people really kind of liked valued and or wanted or like wanted to be coached by me was because of the way in which I looked rather than because of who I was but that was because not them it was me and the trust and the confidence I'd almost lost in myself and the story that I told myself yeah completely and it's like when you're in prep and you're posting your weekly progress pictures this is how I look this week I've lost this this is you know you get so many people just going oh my god you look incredible you're going to kill it on stage like you say your whole identity gets wrapped up wrapped up in that um that validation from others and then to step away from that I was like because you then think well I don't need strangers to compliment me for me to feel good but because that has been your because that's been how things have been for so long it's really hard to step away from that and like you like my my whole identity and self-worth was just surrounded by the stage competing how I looked people giving me compliments people saying oh you've got so much discipline you know I admire you and putting you on this pedestal it sounds really really vain but it does become who you are and then you don't do it anymore and you're like who who the hell am I like what am I even interesting anymore what have I got what have I got to offer yeah you almost feel like you become a puppet and it's almost like you're then doing it because you're almost thinking that you're trying to do it to please others the other people don't give a shit but in your head you think that they do and then you're almost like behaving out of like what these people want me to do because you don't feel as though you've got anything like behind you because that's become so much of you so out of curiosity like what do you think have been the things that have really driven you because to go into the military to do what you've done for the nine years that you did it in and then obviously for you to step into bodybuilding and to the level that you have done so there's a, a huge amount of sacrifice discipline uh, compromise and also like focus and also a degree of like like selfishness as well um in order for you to have that laser focus in terms of this is what i'm work, working towards like what do you think like what what's made you you what has been the driving force like behind you operating in that manner do you think i think I just like to see where I can push myself, what it is that I can achieve to do things that 
normally when I first set out doing something I think is impossible to prove my it's almost sometimes like to prove myself wrong um and I, I think it sounds awful but I don't think I I like originally like when it came to competing and joining the army I don't think I liked the idea of just being normal I think I wanted to be something that was different something that perhaps some other people can't do or whether they whether they can't or whether they don't want to I think for me it was like I used to think that the women that were in the army that you know I just thought they were incredible I thought you absolute machines you are the tits and then when I would see people like Nicole Wilkins on stage I think wow how do you do that I could never be like that and I'm like but then there's always that part of me that's like why not challenge yourself try it and so I think I think I just didn't want to settle for being normal I've always wanted to try and challenge myself and to accomplish things that even in my own head I don't think are doable to start with but I think what you always say is like confidence needs evidence so the more you sort of the more you sort of keep going the more confident you feel and then you visualize actually oh maybe I can do this and visualization was always something that I've used a lot I always used to visualize myself at my pass out parade and my family being there watching me I would always you know, when I'm sat there starving, hungry, and it's like six o'clock in the evening, I've got no more calories left for the rest of the day. I would sit there on the sofa and visualize being on stage and the smell of the tan and what my, you know, the sparkles on my bikini and how I would pose. And so visualization and having that emotional connection to my goals always used to really help. But yeah, I think it was just that I didn't, I always just, I knew that there was something in me that could do something a little bit special. And I just wanted to explore that. And I've always wanted to explore that. Um, which is why I think when I became a mum, I struggled so much because in my head, I wasn't doing something special. I wasn't reaching for the next challenge. It was just, let's be a mum and survive. <laughs> and again, I love the honesty. And so with regards to obviously like the shift into mum and then losing almost that identity in the bodybuilder and like Melissa Hayward, IFBB Pro. And again, I think I said to you, we had a conversation not too long ago and I was like, like in a like not in a weird way but i followed you for a long period of time i used to watch your journey and story and then when you were with like jamie and did everything else i was like again like absolutely incredible so for us to now be like sat having this conversation it's absolutely amazing because i feel like i've almost like watched as like a stamp like somebody that's almost like been a bystander in in the process which has been brilliant so when you did step into the mummy had to let go of the bodybuilding side of things like what do you think has been anchors and or things that have really helped and supported you with that transition shift and process i think really i mean when you when you have a child you love them more than anything in the world and so you for me personally it was always like I want to do my best for him I want to make sure I am providing for him I want to make sure that I'm showing up for him and so what's really helped me to pull myself out of a hole a few times during my like journey of being a mum is just knowing that if I'm not at my best then I'm not at my best for him so it's almost like I guilt trip myself occasionally <laughs> and it's like if you can't do it for yourself do it for him if you can't get your shit in order for yourself do it for him and so there's always that extra little bit of motivation that it's that whatever I do is so that I can be my best and provide as much as I can for my little boy but setting myself making sure that I'm looking after myself even you know I have had some times where I felt in, in a little bit of a low state during my my journey as a mum over the last few years but I've always managed to pull myself out because I make sure that you know actually because uh, I'm quite self-aware 
you know, I'm aware when I'm sinking into a little bit of a, a hole, when I'm not following through with the habits that I should be, when my mood is low, when my patience is low, when I'm feeling frustrated, I'm aware of those, those moods that I can have. And I'm like, okay, what am I not doing? That's making me feel this way. Okay. You're not getting out for enough fresh air. You are not going to the gym enough. You've started eating shit and snacking too much. And so having that level of self-awareness to pull myself out before things get too bad, um, has always been something that's helped me. And I don't know if that is obviously stemming from, from my background as well, but trying to have a routine as much as possible since Jack has got a little bit older has been a massive help. And also surrounding myself with people that that want the best for you obviously since joining the HPC has been a, a has made a massive impact because it makes you feel supported and and that's been a big thing for me in terms of stepping into a, a new a new level of confidence and self-belief and what do you think was the change so obviously when we kind of had that conversation back in January like where were you and what do you think was the what 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 was the what was the point you felt as though that you're at what was the sticking point and or like the glass ceiling that you felt as though you'd reached and then what's changed what do you believe that you've actioned since then I think before obviously before I joined I think it was like January time I I sat down I set myself I like to I like to evaluate things and I love to journal and I like to write and I like to think um, and reflect. And I reflected on the previous year and I sort of realized that although I've made some progress within my business and and a little bit of well, no, actually, no, no progress with my own physique and, and my own standards, I was like, I need to do something because unless I do something, the next 12 months I am going to be in exactly the same position. And I can't afford to be in exactly the same position because actually for a lot of this year, I felt a little bit disjointed. I've not, I, I feel like there was, more, I've, I felt like there was more in me and, but I just wasn't doing it. I felt like I was working and operating at like 60% of the capacity that I could. I knew that I could be giving more, but I just wasn't doing it. And then that pisses me off because of the, the things that I've achieved in the past it's like why are you why are you settling for normal why are you being mediocre you know that you're capable of more you've proved yourself in the past you you know are capable of more than what you're doing right now and so I reached this point where I was like you either you either start moving forward or you or that's it like are you just going to stop because there are so many business wise there are so many coaches out there people that are leveling up consistently and if you are not leveling up consistency you're just going to get lost so you either really go for it with this business and your own personal standards and you pick up your um level of motivation and drive and in intention with your business and yourself or you just might as well stop because what's the point um you're just going to get left behind and so i think for me there was that point where it was like you either stop or you you're going to have to push forward and you know I said to you I know that I'm capable of like on our first call I know that I'm capable of more I'm just not doing it and I'm getting annoyed at myself and I think it was that self-awareness and that annoyance and that frustration that I knew I could give more I just wasn't doing it that made me you know just go right okay let's let's go for it and, and I think we all need that level of awareness where we just go right you're not you're not where you want to be and unless you pull your finger out you're never going to get there either there has to be that moment where you go right let's decide to just push forward otherwise the next 12 months is going to be exactly the same and I didn't want it to be exactly the same I love that and what do you think have been some of the principles that have been so key for you in that like progress over the last like seven or eight months 
definitely for me it has been raising my own personal standards for me a massive thing since joining the HPC was I'm going to be honest like having my own coach again you know I, I had gone through and I'm not saying we need a coach forever but having you guys in my corner to answer my questions has been a big thing um, and you know having Dan there to program my training so that I feel like I know exactly what I'm doing so I know this is these are the sessions I'm going to hit this week this is how I'm going to train this is the, you know I'm going to walk into the gym with this intent that lit a fire inside me again and I hadn't had that fire inside me for training for a little while you know I, I when I first spoke to Dan it was oh yeah I just do it I'll just go in the gym and I do a little bit of what I fancy you know I was in a I was in good shape you know I, I had I lost my baby weight and I was in you know baby weight Jack was two at the time two or three um but I was in good shape like decent shape for you know but I actually enjoy being in better shape and I enjoy having that fire in my belly with training. So a massive shift for me was just having you guys in my corner when it came to training as well, to reignite that fire that I was that I had been missing since I competed, really. You know, I finished competing, lockdown hit, we were everyone was doing home workouts, and then you know, I would give myself excuses as to why I wasn't going to the gym. Work's too busy, I need to do such and such with Jack. And so I knew I had to hit certain sessions and just raising my personal standards that way made me believe in myself again and made me show up as a better leader with my clients because, you know, I'm there telling my clients, even if you're busy, you can still fit this in, you can still do that. But I was sometimes given into my own excuses and now I don't give into my own excuses and it gives me more um, conviction when I speak to my clients and, you know, I'm doing what I say I do and that has just solidified my self-confidence when it comes to speaking to my clients that's that's a massive thing and then I, I suppose just having what's the other thing yeah I, I would say like the biggest thing for me has just been personal standards raising my own personal standards doing the do making sure I'm organized making sure that I follow through with what I say I'm going to do that's been the biggest thing yeah, I think that's the catalyst for everything, which is why obviously mm. like, the entirety is like get the person thriving, the people in profit follow, because we just had a conversation before this call went live and we were just talking about how the calibre and the quality of uh, individual that you're now connecting with is almost like raising and elevating you to a higher level because you're now going, that these there's these like women that are now coming to me for coaching and they are like high performers and, you know, high achievers and doing fantastic things in their own domain. And there's almost this level now where it's like actually they're challenging you in certain ways to now be able to step up. But that's because of the aura, the energy, the confidence, the character, uh, the certainty that you've now got and how you behave. That's now given them that lighthouse, that North Star that's allowed them to realize, right, I need to work with this person, you know, because mm -hmm. of the values that you now hold and how you're turning up for yourself and how you're communicating and, you know, what it is that you now fundamentally do. Because people are, of course, buying the person buy the person before they buy anything else and i think it's that trust and that confidence that you have in you most importantly that is that the foundation from which everything else kind of gets built upon and obviously as a byproduct the, the business is obviously just like exponentially increased and improved not just in terms of like the the top line numbers and all the things you now think but i think as well like the feeling and the confidence and the safety and the security and the certainty that you now have in terms of who you now work with how you now coach these people, um, actually the way in which you now deliver your coaching program. Um, and then also then the content and the way in which you're now turning up from a marketing perspective has been so much more 
from what I can see, authentic, aligned, you, real, less forced. And yeah. doing so, that's allowed you the opportunity to bring these people closer towards you. Yeah, exactly that. And I, I, I the thing that I did miss, miss before when I was talking is I'm so much more authentic in what I say. I care so much less about, I, sometimes if I was, you know, doing posts or speaking on Instagram, I would think, oh, maybe I can't say that. Is that the right thing to say? Maybe I shouldn't post that. Is that going to attract somebody or push them away? Whereas now I'm like, right, this is what I believe in. This is what I say. And and I, I hold back so much less. And it, it, I was literally having a conversation with a new lady, Laurie, that has, that has joined just before we did this. And she was saying, you know, I went through all of your social media because I followed you for years, but I went through your posts and, you know, all of the stuff that you say is all of the struggles that we go through as women. She's like, and I love just how, how you, you are. She's like, and so I'm so excited to work with you because I feel like I know you already even before we jumped on this call. And for me, that's the best feedback ever because before I was working with the HPC, I was very much in that, I think I was just beige because I was just putting out general helpful content sometimes, which doesn't really do anything because I was scared of saying the wrong thing or, or you know, I think as as well, because you guys always say, like, pick your niche. I was always so scared of being so niche specific in case other people went, oh, well, I can't work with her because she doesn't work with people like me. So I was very, very vague in what I was putting out there. But now I'm like, yeah, th these are the kind of ladies that I help, you know, and this is what I do. And for her to give me that feedback today was just incredible. She's like, you're authentic, you're original, love your posts, you you speak from the heart, like you should just, because I said to her, sometimes I struggle with marketing. She was like, you should just be who you are. She's like, because that's what's drawn me in. And she's followed me for years since before I had my little boy. But now is the point where she wants to work with me. So Jack's four in October. So for the last four years, she's followed me on social media. Now, because of who I am and how authentic I am and the message I give across, she now wants to work with me. Yeah, and I think there's some really, really powerful lessons in there. And I think uh, I said this on Monday to the team. It's like generating clients has got nothing to do with the content you post, the lead generation, and all the the um, the conversations you have. It's got everything to do with you doing that relentlessly, consistent, consistently over weeks, months, and years, and being okay with waiting and being patient with yeah. that. Most importantly, and that's what you've been able to do, which is again a credit and absolute testament to what and how are things changed in personal life. Because I know when we had that first call, it was like everything's so chaotic, busy, and there's so much going on. Uh, obviously, we were living in a slightly different part of the world as well. So like what has shifted and changed for you and how has getting like Melissa thriving impacted everything else? Yeah, well, I mean, we moved house, which is something I didn't think we would financially be able to do this year. I've, you know, over the last year or so, I've wanted to move closer to my parents. But moving house, as we all know, is super expensive and a real pain in the ass. Um but we now are personally in a different location. We live in Cornwall. You know, it's it's lovely. We're, we're settled here. Um, and I have a much better relationship with my time um, in that before I used to feel so anxious about and taking time off work. You know, oh my, you know, I'd say, oh, I'll go out for the afternoon with my little boy. But in my brain, I'd be thinking, what if my clients need me? What if I go back to load of messages? And so I was never fully present because I'd be worrying about work. Whereas now, like I was saying to you before we, we started this, like I went for two, two beach afternoons with my little boy last week and there was no anxiety, there was no stress. Like I spent time at the beach and guess what? Like the world didn't implode because I was uncontactable for an afternoon. And so I have so much more um, like emotional stability um, within myself and I have much better boundaries. Um, you know, I, and also 
higher confidence in myself because I think when when we're in that place of that like scarcity mindset where what if my, my clients think I you know I'm not a good coach if I don't reply back to them within two hours like that used to be my mindset whereas now you know my clients are busy as well you know they might message me in the morning they don't expect to message back straight away and they sometimes don't message me until the evening when they finish work the kids are in bed and so I've just a lot more stable and less reactive to, to things. And that has been biggest game changer for me within my personal life. I actually take days off now. Um, every Sunday is like a family day. Whereas before I was in that mindset of, oh, if I want my business to work, I need, you know, like relentlessly 24 seven. But actually I'm so much more effective with my time now by having that time off. And so that's the biggest thing for me, being a lot more present with my little boy, having those boundaries, that emotional stability um yeah just being less like reactive and responsive to, to things that happen within my business because of that level of confidence within myself tell, tell everybody what you told me that time about the emergency services that stood out to me in my mind yeah I just remember like I was having a conversation with my friend Claire and, and you know we were talking about how we don't have to respond to people straight away like we have like, you know, we don't have to be the fourth or however it's, um, it's services. Or I just like, Mel, we are not the fourth emergency service. You know, we don't come as the fourth emergency service past, you know, after the police, the ambulance and fire. Like it's okay if you are not on the other end of your phone 24 seven. And it, and that's in our brains that we need to respond to people within, you know, the next second. Um, our clients never expect that. No, I don't think I've got any clients that if I don't reply back to them within 10 minutes, they're pissed off. <laughs> So anything when you message me that it's like I realize one thing is like I'm not the emergency services so I don't need to respond at the drop at the drop of a hat and the big lesson again for me as well is like you almost create this expectation as well so if you get into this way where you've got this cadence whereby it's like they send you a message you immediately respond they immediately respond then you respond if you then don't do that then you've created this expectation that you immediately respond so if you don't it's like well then that expectation is now not being met so again, it's like even being able to have that cadence and that structure that now kind of works. And of course, like I still fall into the trap of like wanting to communicate and connect and do those things. And again, there's a time and a place, but it's also about now understanding like the cadence that you now want to have in terms of your communication with clients and being able to have those boundaries and barriers that you've put in place and saying yes to yourself so that you can say like no to other things so that you then have the confidence and the trust and the belief in yourself that you are who you say you are you do what you say you do and you're now living in alignment with your values which then gives you a different level of just trust and belief and energy and awe and certainty then when you go out to the world and what it is that you're now doing because you're actually now backing and building yeah like who you are and what it is that you say that you do and you now know that when you kind of close the door at night that yeah like i'm behaving in alignment with me and that is a feeling i think that just carries you forward forward and gives you some level of like yeah belief um that nothing else really can yeah definitely and and just having those boundaries allows you to show up better anyway so for me by having a Sunday off with my family I feel refreshed I feel I feel so much more able to give myself to my clients on a Monday because that's when they check in I have so much more enthusiasm knowing that I've had a really lovely day the day before I've switched off I've had a good night's sleep I've done some food prep I've organized and I show up so much better as a coach and as a, you know, just because my clients deserve to have the best of me. And that's what I think sometimes we all forget. Our clients deserve to have the best of us. They are investing in us. They want to work with us. And so 
for them to get the best of us we have to make sure we're looking after ourselves there's no you know they don't want a burnt out tired frustrated annoyed coach that you know feels like all they do is reply back to messages 24 7 so we need to remember that they deserve the best so actually we need to be our best and and you know these these clients invest financially emotionally physically into us they deserve for us to give them the best that we can yeah, absolutely and I absolutely love that and I think that's so 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 powerful and you had obviously a success session inside the high performance coach a few weeks ago just demonstrating obviously some of the biggest lessons wins insights challenges that you've now had and obviously how we can now obviously just take uh, a little kind of snippet of that and one big thing you said and I'll paraphrase it because I can't remember exactly what it was and I know that you said I can't <laughs> find it now but it was along the lines of like like financial stability and safety has got nothing to do with the amount of money you have in the bank or the amount of coaching clients that you have, but it's got everything to do with the confidence and the trust in yourself and now knowing who you are and the ability to be able to now know that you can make shit happen. And I think yeah. that's just such a like beautiful summary of kind of what you've kind of communicated and articulated over the last like 15 to 20 minutes or so. Yeah, definitely. Because wealth in the bank, like it's going to get spent at the end of the day. So if we don't have the confidence and we don't have the ability to make more at some point, we're going to end up skin. Right. So it's like wealth is wealth is all to do with how we regenerate that, how we continue to show up, how we can replace that, how we can make things happen when we need it to. Um, and, and that's been the biggest thing for me. It's just been all about right, how can I continue showing up? How can I be the best that I can be? How can I make my clients feel feel heard? How can I make them feel deserving? How can I make them feel good about themselves and, and, and valued? And um, it's been a real learning curve for me over the last seven months because, again, that's how you guys have made me feel. So it's just basically mirroring that in a way, like with my clients, to so to be the best that we can be we also have to learn from the best as well don't we and so that's been a massive part of this journey for me too what's next for mel what does what does kind of success now look like and what does that rich life now look like that we're we're working towards i never used to have the self-confidence or the self-belief that i could um grow my business i always just thought you know I would compare myself on social media to other people that were in the were within the coaching industry and they would be like, you know, we have a team of coaches. We have like with the HBC, right? There's, there's you and there's everybody else that's within the team that are all incredible. And I never thought that scaling my business or growing my business would be something that I would be capable of. I always sort of felt, oh, that's too scary or I could never do that. I haven't got the time. Um, and I think that that was just me being scared. Um, and having that self-doubt, which is strange considering all of the stuff that I've been able to achieve in the past, but maybe in my brain, I just thought, oh, it's too much. But now I do have the confidence and the self-belief to know that if I want to make that happen, then I can make it happen, that it is totally doable. And I might not know exactly how to do it right now, but I know that I have the backup of you guys to help me along the way when I need that help. You know, I had a conversation with Troy not so long back about how to scale what are the next what are the next steps how do we make this happen um and so that is what i would absolutely love to do i love what i do but obviously we reach a certain point where we can't we have a certain amount of ladies that we call people that we can work with um and we don't you know i don't want that to be diluted because i want to work i don't want the quality of what i do to be diluted so there has to be a point where it's like right i need to take on another coach I need to delegate some elements of what I do to other people so that is the next step for me that I would I would absolutely love um to bring on some more coaches and grow the business past 
a one man band because that would I love what I do and I want to help more people you know the, the feedback I get from my clients I just I it's quite self like we do it because we want to help people but also it makes us feel fucking incredible doesn't it so yeah. it's like it's such a great great job that we that, that we have the ability to be able to do so I just want to do more of it and help more people but now that I see I see it's a possibility now whereas before if you'd have asked me this question 12 months ago I would have been I wouldn't have had any clarity no real direction no real idea and I wouldn't have wanted to say I wanted to scale my business because that goal would have seemed too big absolutely love that that's incredible and again so aligned to the work you've done on yourself and the momentum you've now built and the confidence is evident side of things and that opportunity to now be to see the possibility which is absolutely huge so to leave this podcast i would love to know what would you go back and say to that mel that was sat in that hole for the amount of time that she was uh, freezing to freezing to death and staying warm next to that fijian bloke what would she say what would she go back and say to to that mel then at that time of her life now knowing what she knows now I, I would say to myself, look, things might be a bit rubbish now, but they are going to get so much better. You just need to believe in yourself, even if nobody else does, even if a goal seems like it is too high, even if something feels like it's going to be a lot of effort, it is 100% going to pay off and everything happens when it should. I think that that we can always be so um, eager to rush things like I want to reach this goal like right now I want to do this but as long as you keep being consistent and keep trying and keep working hard and obviously doing the best that you can, everything will happen when it should. I don't believe that emotionally I, or even, you know, within my, myself, I would have been ready for this point in my life any sooner than I have been ready. So I think everything happens when it should, you just need to keep plugging away and um, believe in yourself and just keep, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah, 100%. I, I, you know, after everything that I've been through over the last four years with, with shifting identities, becoming a mum, where I am right now couldn't have happened any sooner. Absolutely love that. And final, final point. What does being a high performance coach mean to Melissa Hayward? To me, it means being the leader that I know that I can be. It means making sure that I continue to show up. It means making sure that I do the best for myself, for my clients and for my family and reaching that potential that I know I'm capable of and knowing the potential is there, not having that that self-belief, uh, like lack of self-belief that I used to have. So it's, it's being the leader, showing up and having that, reaching that full potential that I know I've got. I love that. Mel, thank you so much. I massively appreciate you. I have so much love for you. You drive me to be better. And uh, hopefully, obviously, for those that have listened to this podcast, they'll be able to take some goals, some insight, and some incredible energy as well. So team, if you found this valuable, then I would absolutely love to know. And or if you know another coach that you think this would be valuable for, for them to be able to now uh, get a little bit of energy, insight, and also uh, a higher level of thinking for them to be able to show and see what's now possible, then I'd love for you to be able to go and share the episode. Mel, until next time, thank you so much and speak to you soon. Thank you.